0: 18. If you're there, say amen. So last week, uh, whether you know it or not, uh, we started. I don't know how many of you were here, or how many of you remember, but we started. We had 10 weeks, uh, or 10 10 weeks till Easter, and uh, so we basically got around about 10 days prior to uh, the cross, 10 days prior to uh, uh, the Passover. Last week we started that thing in Luke chapter number 18. I believe last week I was maybe in Matthew. Uh, but Luke chapter number 18, if you're if you're there right above where we'll begin reading, uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 35. But right above that, in verse number 31, uh, you'll remember that I read this passage of scripture last week. It was Jesus and words and red. And when we read it here, Matthew, I don't remember. Uh, But it was the same. He was prophesying of his death and how it would come about. As the Jews would take him. They would deliver him to the Gentiles who would scourge him, uh, who would mock him, and uh, who would ultimately put him to death because the Jews were not able to do so. They did not have the power uh, to do that. And so it was very important that that job be turned over to the Rome, the Roman uh, government, all right, and so uh, if you ever wonder why the priests, the high priest just didn't have him killed, that's why they couldn't, under the law, they could not do that, and for them to have him killed, they had to give him to a government authority that had the authority to take his life, or which we know they didn't take his life, he gave his life, but Jesus, ten days prior to uh, his offering. He spoke of and prophesied of his death, and in detail, he told exactly how that would happen. And then we start moving towards Jerusalem. You'll remember I told you the whole purpose. Jesus says, I'm going there to die, but he was going there for the Passover. All right? This is an important piece of information because he is the Passover lamb, and that's what we preached on last week was that he was the Passover lamb. Uh, According to uh, uh, the Apostle Paul, in his writing to the church of Corinth, he let them know that Jesus Christ was the Passover lamb that was spoke of and foreshadowed all the way back in Exodus chapter number 12. And we jumped from this scripture all the way back to Exodus chapter number 12, and we looked at the Passover lamb last week and what all that involved. But now we're going forward. Now Jesus is making his way from the area of Galilee, he is making his way up to Jerusalem. He would have been somewhere in the area of the Dead Sea when he began to head up uh, to Jerusalem. Uh, And so he would have been somewhere in this uh, uh, desert area, this low area, as he headed up, and the first place that he would come to would be Jericho, which is what we're going to look at for the next two weeks. Now, the Bible tells us here in Luke chapter number 18, that as Jesus came nigh into Jerusalem, all right, but if you look at Matthew and Mark, the Bible tells us that as he left, uh, uh, I'm sorry, it says as he come nigh to Jericho. If you look at Matthew and Mark, it says as he left or passed out of Jericho, all right? Now, this is not a contradiction, and uh, I I had to look it up myself because I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's two different versions here. But the truth is is that there was two different locations considered to be Jericho. What you would have is you would have a, uh, a Jewish settlement and then the Roman government settlement you will. So it's not contradictory to say that he passed through one of them and came into another. That was both Jericho because the area was considered to be that. But here it says that as he came nigh, he found the man that we'll talk about this morning. Next week we're going to look at Zacchaeus. How many of y'all remember Zacchaeus? How many of you remember Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. How many of y'all remember that? All right, how many of y'all sang that song? I didn't, I was just wondering if y'all did. All right, and uh, I've heard the song, I think, but I don't remember singing it when I was young or little or anything like that. Uh, But uh, anyhow, I know a lot of folks have in church and everything else, but Zacchaeus, we'll uh, we'll talk about him next week. The reason they say he's a a wee little man because the Bible tells us he was short of stature. And therefore, Climbed into a sycamore tree, all right? We'll talk about that next week, but we're gonna look at it different now, so I want you to be here, because it's gonna be good, all right? But first, best I can tell, Jesus is coming nigh into Jericho, and as he comes into Jericho, he runs into an individual that we're gonna look at this morning. If you're in the Bible, and you're in verse number 35, say man of Luke 18, the Bible says, and it came to pass that as he was coming nigh unto Jericho, A certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. All right, now. For the average Bible reader, this doesn't mean a whole lot. It's just a a man that's crying out to Jesus. But if you understand anything as far as prophecy of the Messiah, then you understand that this blind Bartimaeus, though he may not have been able to physically see, he had a spiritual sight, a spiritual vision of who Jesus really was. The Bible says he called him, Thou Son of David. How many of y'all see how that, do y'all see that? Do you see how it's capitalized? It is a title that is given to the Messiah. And so this blind man, though he could not see physically, spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, he saw who Jesus really was. He saw who Jesus' was. He called him by his messianic title. All right. Now this would have stopped the press, and it does. Jesus stopped in the tracks on this one. All right. But as we go forward, I just want you to know that the Bible says in verse number 39, it says that and they which were are went. They which went before rebuked him. Now here's a man that's blind Sitting by the wayside And the people that are walking with Jesus They rebuke him for calling out to Jesus I need somebody to help Man, isn't it just like people That they have all that they could possibly want But they don't want you to get any of them I ain't talking about money I, I need somebody to help me now Y'all are all excited about it, but I'm finna throw a wrench in it. Is everybody all right? You and I have the key to eternal life. And there's people on the wayside that are hollering, I need some help. I can't find it in a liquor bottle. I can't find it in drugs. I need help. I don't know what to do. But instead of us saying, hey, I know a guy. We pass by and ignore them so in a sense we're no different than those that were with jesus the bible said maybe a little bit because the bible says they rebuked him so in other words they turned to him and they said you need to hush don't bother him leave him alone he's important i need somebody to help this is where they were at the Bible says that they rebuked him that he should hold his peace. Now that's just a, that's just a physical way of saying shut up, everybody all right? That's, that's the king's language for saying that. I'm sorry, if you got a young in here. We do have children's ministry out there. You don't want youngin' to hear the preacher say shut up, all right? But anyhow, he says that he should hold his peace. But look at what happened. He cried, Y'all say this with me. So much the, y'all ain't singing it with me. Say it with me. But he cried, so much the more. You know what that means? Oh, it don't mean even louder. I I mean, it it does. But it means at the top of his love. In other words, he held nothing back. He gave it all he had. And he cried out with the same plea that he did before. Thou son of David have mercy on me. He didn't get the response he wanted out of the first one. People didn't want him to have any thing to do with Jesus. Didn't want this procession to stop and so it got louder the bible says as loud as we could possibly hold." the bible says the next verse verse number 40 and oh, i imagine I, I need somebody to help me get into it get into it let's get into the bible we got a group that is following jesus he's making his way to the passover making his way up to Jerusalem over 3,000 feet that he'll climb uh, from from Jericho to Jerusalem. And as he's coming into Jericho, there's this guy sitting on the side of the road, a beggar, nobody wants anything to do with, doesn't have any money to give, doesn't have anything to offer, can't even, he can't even do nothing for the Lord because he can't see. He's sitting according to the Bible, by the wayside. it's almost like saying he's in the waste area. And here he is as Jesus passed by with a crowd surrounding him. And no doubt how many of y'all know this? When you in a crowd, you can't hear nothing. I can't anyhow. Is anybody with me? Alright? I done lost that here. You get me in a restaurant and I'll have I'll ask you four or five times what you said to me, all right? I I I, I don't and I know Jesus that's a good hearing, but let's just be honest about it. Here he is in a crowd, all this noise going on, and this guy says, what is going on? They said, Jesus is passing by. He said, now's my... I need somebody to hear me. Now is my opportunity. This man, Jesus, has been walking around for three and a half years. I have heard about him turning water into wine. I have heard testimony from other blind men of how he healed them and gave them sight. I heard one guy that said he couldn't talk, but yet he told me a story that I'll never forget. I had one guy that said he couldn't hear, and yet he touched his ears and here we are, he's telling me all that Jesus taught. He said there's one guy that laid by a pool there at Bethesda, and he could not move, and he laid there for 38 years, and I was told that he got up, and now he's running around Jerusalem and the area letting everybody know that this Jesus can heal. I heard about a guy who had a daughter who died, and he went into the house, and I don't know what happened in the house, but she ain't dead no more. And he come out of that house with that. So here I am sitting by the wayside. This is my last chance, maybe my only chance, to get a hold of this man that can perform these type of miracles, and I am not going to let him pass by. So he cried out, so much the more. I wonder this morning, do you realize that this could be our last chance? Do you realize this morning that this could be your last day. There's some of you say, I'm going to worship God next Sunday. I'm going to do better when I come in here next Sunday. You may not get that. You may not get that. There's somebody in here that says, you know what? I've been listening to you, preacher, and I'm hearing what you're saying about the Bible and about this Jesus, and I'm going to get saved. It just has to be on my terms. Your terms may never come to pass. See, what you have to understand as we move this thing forward, We are in the last 10 days of Jesus' life here on this earth. He would not pass by again in Jericho. This man didn't have another chance. This was the only opportunity for him to get what he needed from God. What would our churches be if we came into church every Sunday and worshiped God, prayed to God as if this was the last time we were going to be able to meet with him. Come on now talk to him. Some of you say preacher I'm I'm going to grow spiritually in my life but you've been saying that for years And we walk in here and you say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it next week, preacher. Everything will be over. I'll be past this stage in my life. And I'm going to change for the Lord. But next week may not come. You may not get another opportunity. You may not get another chance. You may not get another time where Jesus is working in your life and close enough. I preacher, sure we can reach Jesus at any time. That's true. But your life is fragile. Do you know the Bible says about your life, it is but a vapor that appeareth for a little and then vanisheth away. The truth is, is that you're not guaranteed tomorrow. The Bible tells us, boast not thyself but tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. That means that tomorrow may never come. Oh, God was on to something. I need somebody to help me. If tomorrow never comes. I, we, we live in a world where we think that we just, we're in control of things. We live in a world where we think we can do whatever we want to and come to God on our terms whenever we want. But what if today was your last chance? Well, you're sitting in here this morning and you're in sin. You're living in sin. Direct disobedience to God. But you're enjoying it i know it got quiet right there i knew it would i knew it would preacher who you talking about preacher what you know i i I wouldn't be worried about what the preacher knows i'd be worried about what god knows i need somebody else ah yeah yeah. we sing we they they they, they old old santa claus we he knows when you've been naughty and nice look here Santa don't know nothing. I need somebody to help me, but, but God, he's right there all the time. You keep saying, I'm going to get this thing right. I know I'm wrong. I know I'm doing wrong. I'm going to get it right. What if today was the last chance? Come on, y'all, help me now. What if this afternoon you were standing before Jesus? What if this afternoon at 3 p.m., you were standing before God. Are you ready to meet him? I need somebody to help. Now, oh, when it comes to salvation, oh yeah, 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 yeah I'm ready, preacher. But I wonder, if you want to meet him in the condition that you're in now? Well, I know I'm saved, preacher. Oh, that's good. That's good. How, how, how about this? How about standing before him and seeing all that he went through on the cross? And knowing that every bit of it was uh, for the payment of my sin. And then standing before him in my sin. Oh, I got a robe of righteousness. On me. What if today was the last day? What if today was your last chance? I'm going to move quickly because I've run out of time in an introduction. I, I, I got to slow down on the introduction. Is everybody all right? But I want you to know this. Today, if today is your last chance, you, your prayer, your cry, can be answered. Because you and I are really no different than blind Bartimaeus. I think you can fight it. In. Say, preacher, I can see it you just fine. Preacher, I don't need nobody to fix my vision. Really? My sight is just fine. Is it okay? As we look at this, I want you to notice, first off, you and I have similar obstacles that this man had to overcome. As we look at these obstacles in this man's life, I want you to know that his disorder was, spiritual bl- or was bl- a physical blindness But ours sometimes is spiritual. And I ain't talking about just lost people. I'm talking about people in the church. People in the church, they tend to get blind to everything except if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we take that as a license to sin, knowing that we can run up to the altar and pray and confess it and get our sins forgiven. But we're blind to the fact that he says, be ye holy as I am holy. We're blind to the fact that Jesus over and over again performed a miracle and he said, go and sin no more. He didn't say, go and live it up and then just confess your sins. In other words, there's something that needs to be going on in our life constantly. You agree with that or disagree? I know you agree. We need to, and we have a similar disorder. We have a spiritual blindness. Maybe today our problem is a spiritual apathy. We come into church, we go through the routine, but the truth of the matter is, is there is no fervor. There's no excitement. There's no inspiration in our serving of the Lord. Is everybody all right? Jesus died for you. And yet we meet on Sunday. We put on our best clothes. We sit in a pew or we sit in a chair in a very comfortable setting, we enjoy the choir and their, their singing and, let me just say it, their performance, we're moved by it but not moved out of a chair. We're moved by it but our heart is not open to the message of it. deal with spiritual blindness and spiritual apathy as Christian spiritual ignorance thinking that it's okay just to get a ticket into heaven and then live the life that we want to we find ourselves backsliding and it ain't no big deal we get away from God I need somebody to help me don't get don't look at me like I, 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 I'm crazy the reason that I know this is because I deal with this stuff in my own life And if I'm not careful and if I don't keep my focus and if I don't do what I'm supposed to, then I'm just as blind as anybody that's never walked into a church. We have similar obstacles that we have to overcome. He had no sight. Many Christians today have no sight. He had deterrents that were similar to ours. He didn't have finances. His finances was against him. The Bible says he was a beggar. We look at it we know this his time was against him i need somebody to help me right here as i grow older and my sight grows (laughs) dimmer i realize time is getting shorter i wanted to change the world at 32. i need somebody to help me now i'm 49 and i'm wondering is the world changing me 32, I wanted to turn the world upside down. 49, I'm wondering if tomorrow I'll be upside down. Time was not on its side. This was the last time Jesus were passed by. People were against him. I need everybody to listen to me and listen good. Not everybody you hanging around with wants to see you succeed. Not everybody that you're hanging around with wants to see you get fixed. I'm going to walk over and say it on this side. I'm going to run over and say it on this side. Not everybody you hang around wants you to be fixed. There's some people that want you just like you are. Because just like you are justifies just like they are. And as long as you're just like you are, they feel a lot better about being just like they are. And they don't want anything to change in your life because change in your life demands change in their life. I need man. I need somebody to hear me this morning. We're living in a day and time where we worried about what our friends say. If you really had a friend that cared about you, they would tell you the truth. A friend would not leave you in a house that was burning. A friend would not leave you in a place where you would be destroyed and you would you would suffer destruction. They wouldn't leave you there. A real friend would go in there and drag you out, kicking, screaming, hollering and everything else, and punch you in the mouth. Everybody alright? Believe it or not, I know y'all don't believe this, but when I was I, I was 16, 17 years old, I was a lifeguard. I was a lifeguard on Jekyll Island. And I went through all the training, went through the college courses and all that to be a lifeguard. We had to swim every night. We had to do all these things. But one of the things that I had to do to pass was I had to rescue my uh, instructor. And he's out there flailing around. Is everybody all right? And listen, I done had a mindset. Y'all, y'all know me. If you know me, you know how I went into this. Summer. He's out there flailing around. And he's a big old boy. And I know. I mean, I'm, I'm 16 years old, I, ain't, I wasn't little by no means, but I, I, I knew that this was gonna be a fight. So we get out there and he starts grabbing and grabbing and grabbing, and I just hauled off and punched the snot out of him. Is everybody all right? This is my instructor. <laughs> I drilled him, is everybody all right? When I did, he went like that, and I spun him around, got up under him, and here we go, back to the thing. I thought, when we get out of this water, this could be ugly. This could be ugly. We got out of the water and he come over to me. and He said, son, you did great. He says, if you don't, if you don't do whatever it takes, you're liable to be a victim of like you. I need somebody to hey, some of you. I'm telling you right now, if you don't take this opportunity and get out, you're gonna be a victim with... You. You're gonna drown. Hey! Hush! Pass him through. He ain't got time. for you. this Pride with him. See, the Bible, here in Luke, it tells us about blind Bartimaeus, and I, I don't want it name right here, but, but if you go over to Matthew, there's two blind men. Two men in the same condition, but only one gets See, the truth is that some kind of pride has You're sitting in here with somebody that you respect. They care to death that if you make a move, they're going to think less of it. But the truth is, they're sitting there thinking the same thing you are, and the two of you are keeping each other. Getting what God really wants, we got the same opportunity. We have the same opportunity. i I'm good. We have the same opportunity. See, here's the thing. Jesus is pacified. Pacified. I know this. I pray this. The Bible says, when two or three are gathered together. Jesus is in me. Oh, listen, I, I know you pray to God of the up there in three states. Two of you up there. Three of you up there. Not there for the purpose of worship. I'm nothing against it. I love one hundred. I love sitting up here standing now in my that up there with me, we'll see a deer, and he pop-popped. Last year I had a bug and I was trying to a daughter-in-law kill it. Anyhow, every time I got in the stand, the bug walked out there and was running in Every time she got in the stand, she seen him one time, I think. <laughs> I took Wyatt with me and we we're out there in that stand. There's that big bug. Wyatt. I, thought, I can't. With me at one point, he just said, Just shoot the deer. Y'all know, y'all know that sound when they back to cry. Just shoot the deer, just shoot the deer, boy. Just shoot the deer. You watch that deer as he walked off that last chance, that last opportunity. I remember. I was in the stand and the deer at this point was about 400 yards away from us. We were looking over at Sirkut because, yes, burned all the woods. Sorry. I was looking over there across that thing. He was about 400 yards and I told him, I said, I said, Pop-Pop will shoot him if he turns. He never did. Pop-Pop will him. Watch the last thing. I sit back because Lauren never did kill that deer. Now I sit back and said, I should have shot that deer. That boy sure would have enjoyed it. He got his mama through the deer this year. I think it'll be all right. The opportunity to come and go. I'm sitting in the place right now that, you know what? I, I, I'll get another, I'll get another option. What is, what's, what is... Right here. In this moment. Bible says that Jesus stood, commanded them to bring him. The Bible says, in one location, neither Matthew or Mark, they cast on his garments. Uh-huh. Had to get rid of some old things, that was weighing him down. We got to Jesus, and he was asking the question. seems like an odd. Seems a little obvious. Doesn't it? I mean, here's a blind man. Jesus knew he was blind. How do you know Jesus knew he was blind? He commanded them to bring him. Jesus didn't say, hey, come here, boy. He said, hey, y'all have to go over here. Get him over here. bible says jesus healed him gave him sight listen jesus said it it was that it was that faith say preacher what faith remember He wasn't just after a doctor or a healer. He knew he was dealing with the Messiah. Whether or not he knew this was the last time, I don't know. But he knew. Therefore he knew what he could do. Because in the Old Testament, it said the Messiah would kill the sick. Pause the lane and walk. Pause the blind. <laughs> Woo! He said, this is him! This is him. Good morning. Bow your heads with me, I'll How I many of you find a place around the altar? I'm not going to let this opportunity pass. You don't have to cry out loud to him. There's more weapons to him. But I wonder if your heart is right. Everything that's in heaven. Jesus. I bet it. Sure. I don't want to miss this opportunity I need to be saved I don't want to miss this opportunity Nobody else, be honest, Nobody's around. Nobody's looking around. While we have good intentions, at best, we've got to be willing to follow it Jesus. Come on I pray for one. Raise your hand. One. now. Every obstacle in the world is in front of us. Lord, I pray that you break some chains. and make a way. Lord, I pray today will be the day of salvation. Today will be the day that they cry out. Raise your hand this morning, nobody's still looking around except for me. I come back down on the floor and I'm standing right in front of the center, center section. If you want to get this thing settled today, this last chance, this last opportunity, I wonder if you get up out of the seat. Meet me, I'll meet you halfway down the aisle you'll Let's settle this thing today. We can take a Bible and we can show you from God's Word how you do it. But it's unto you. Scripture doesn't do that. One made a decision made a choice. One hour. Lord, we continue in prayer, Lord, say I love you. Thankful for what you did this morning. May we take it home and chew on it today. What if today was our last opportunity? What if today was our last day with our mom or our dad? What if today was our last day with a child or a grandmother? What if today was the last day to get right with a friend? What if today was the last opportunity?